0: What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, Vice President of Marketing at The Juice. I am fired up to share this conversation with you today. It is a topic that I think is really, really important. It doesn't get talked about enough. I've got Eric Williamson, who's the Chief Marketing Officer at CallMiner on the podcast today to talk about lessons that marketing leaders should consider before jumping into a rebranding process. We talk about that. We talk about once you're in it, how to facilitate internal feedback, stakeholder management, how to get sales involved, all of those things to make sure that you're not just changing your logo. This is a good one. I learned a ton. Hopefully you do too. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit the follow, subscribe, all the buttons, but make sure you tell a friend that you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am excited for this conversation. We are talking about a topic that we have not quite hit on yet here, but I think is important and I'm sure many of you listening out there can relate with. We are going to be diving into lessons for other marketing leaders considering major rebranding plans. I am joined by Eric Williamson, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at CallMiner. We're going to dive into these topics. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm sure there'll be something that I'm going to learn, and hopefully you can too. So Eric, without further ado, welcome. How are you?
1: Good. Thanks for having me on the show. Definitely excited to talk about uh, rebrand. Any other B2B marketing uh, topics that you want to cover?
0: no doubt about it. I'm sure we will uh, go in many different directions, but maybe we start here from the jump. I'd love to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about CallMiner, um, what CallMiner is and what, what do you all do and the customers you serve?
1: Sure. So we uh, CallMiner is a conversation intelligence company. Uh, so we have a, a platform that is used in most major enterprise company customer service centers. And essentially it's a platform that captures, analyzes all the customer interactions, whether they be voice, texts, chats, et cetera. And it analyzes those to deliver coaching back to the customer service agent, but also at a bigger value proposition. Think of millions of customer interactions. There's a lot of really great insights in those at scale. And so we can deliver those back out to the company leaders, the CMO, the chief product officer, even the CEO, and it helps them drive a lot of
0: value and change their business. I love that. And I'm sure probably some of what you all help your customers out with are insights that they can probably use in their rebranding or branding process, which is a good maybe segue into the topic. I want to start here. I think when we think about uh, rebranding, it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different marketers. Maybe we start with just like defining, like what is a rebrand? What does that mean to you?
1: Sure, uh, and it's a really great point because if you were to ask, especially if you were to ask, you know, someone not in the marketing department, uh, you know, a, a rebrand versus you know, they'd probably talk about a logo change um, or something. You know that that might even be just a, a quick refresh. Um, you might just need a new website or something. So, so semantics are important uh, to me. A full rebrand is when you are literally changing everything uh, about your company. Uh, You are changing the positioning. Perhaps you've acquired a few companies and now your value proposition is significantly shifted. Um, So you are essentially re-articulating what your value proposition is and what the messaging and visual identity of that is to the market. And it could be, you know, maybe your logo and your name stays the same, but everything else is changing uh, in terms of your visual ID versus, you know, you could have a situation where it's just a, a little bit of a refresh. You just need to tweak some of your core messaging. I see that as more of a refresh as opposed to a total overhaul.
0: So when, I think when I have been in situations and I'm sure you have in your career, Eric, too, where uh, the word rebrand comes up and all of a sudden people are looking over their shoulders and trepidation kind of moves down everyone's spine and it's kind of ambiguous and no one can really figure out the why behind it. And obviously there's a reason and the reason gets communicated and people get to work. But you mentioned some of those reasons. I think what, what do you think like the most compelling reasons are um, when you're kind of evaluating if you, you should actually jump head first and go through a, a complete rebrand.
1: Sure. Uh, and, and just for, for uh, I guess clarification, a lot of what I'll talk about is coming from a B2B SaaS you know startup type of mentality under you know 500 people type type mentality. And I think in our situation for other B2B marketers out there, tech marketers out there, I think what happens to a lot of companies, you know, I mentioned like M&A and that does happen and it does sort of adjust your value proposition. But I think a couple of things might happen. Um, A lot of startups reach a point where they they make a significant pivot in, in what their actual offering is to the market. So there's a pivot that may happen. But the other thing that I've seen happen quite a bit is most tech startups you have these sort of these these I guess inflection points in your growth. You know, you get to about forty million ARR, and you've been okay with your you, with the original value proposition that you started out with. But then you realize that our website, our core messaging, everything else doesn't actually reflect what our technology actually does at this point because the technology has improved so much over the last five whatever it is years, and you realize that what you know the marketing you're putting out there and the statement you're putting out there reflects five years ago, not today. So that's usually what I've seen is you hit this, like we want to scale now from 40 to 120 or so, and we've got to have a better message. We have something that that helps us for today, but also you know three years from now. So that's what I've encountered a couple of times now. And that is what happened here at Call Miner as well. Essentially, we, we had a lot of innovation and we grew really fast over the course of a few years. And it was quite obvious that uh, what we were putting out in the market didn't reflect that.
0: So you you mentioned I think in in both your responses different elements of the rebranding process and I want to maybe break those down. You've, you've talked about messaging, you've talked about vi- visual ID, positioning, maybe like walk through for anyone just so they can have a clear picture of like what are all of those steps in the process and also like at what stage would you recommend that we tackle each of those steps?
1: Sure. All projects, just like any any major project, uh, a, a rebrand starts with a discovery stage, um, and that's the ability to gather external and internal data uh, after discovery, and I can break each one of these down a little bit if you want, but after discovery, Uh, you you start with some of your fundamentals and the fundamentals are a positioning statement, you know, vision, mission, some of the fundamental core elements of of your brand identity. It's almost built in like a framework. I usually, I'm a visual person, so I I build a framework out, but it ends up being your positioning statement, your vision, your mission, uh, a, a few core pillar messages, and you can start from there. That becomes like the genesis of what you can then start blowing out into more of your core messaging once you've nailed that you can move into visual identity. Uh, I would not flip-flop that and that's a that's a common mistake is people start off with the cool creative stuff and they've missed the fact that how you define yourself in those fundamentals and how you define yourself in terms of the brand personality and tone actually informs what sort of visual ID change you should be making um, And then you know the other part about a, a rebrand I think a lot of people forget is, okay, you've gone through all the steps, you've, you've got the, the new visual identity, everything else, now you have to apply it. And the way to think about that, and this is the tail end of the, of the project, so to speak, is you can't apply it to everything because that would take years. You, you kind of pick your most important core touch points and your most valuable assets in your ecosystem and you apply the brand to that. Typically, the most, the most complex one is your website. Um, and whether you have to do a total overhaul to it and rewrite everything or whether you just have to do kind of a reskin depends on the, the size of your rebrand. But uh, I can break down any one of those steps if you'd like, but that's the that's the basic flow that I would advise.
0: Yeah, I want to maybe take a step back because you said something that I think I don't want to gloss over because it might be probably the most important element of the rebranding process. And you said discovery. I'd, I'd love to understand maybe just on the discovery Portion. I would imagine that's like internal discovery, and that's external discovery as well. So maybe chat a little bit about what you mean when you're talking about discovery before the rebranding process.
1: So first and foremost, I would I would do a little bit of internal discovery, uh, and 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 then I would do external, and then I'd come back and get some more internal. Let me explain that. Is so you're you're a new CMO. You've come in. They probably said you know we brought you on because we, we need to do a rebrand as one of our biggest first things. So one, you probably don't know as much about the company as definitely the CEO or maybe the founder, et cetera. So I would start out in that discovery phase. And this is this is the subjective part. This is the internal part. Find out from the CEO and from the founder or whoever else is most influential, what sort of things they already have in their brain uh, and, and go ahead and extract as much of that as possible. Do some basic discovery interviews, Q&As. Uh, get that because then you at least know that your CEO has something in their mind that you probably should keep in the back of your back of your mind as you go through this. Then I'd start doing the external research, um, and depending on what size your company is, you can go out and hire a you know a firm and do global you know, field research where they're going to get statistically significant amount of data, et cetera, et cetera. If you're a company like mine, you do the scrappy version of it, and you use you know you use Survey or whatever it is, and and you pull a subset of your customers, uh, your partners, your channel partners, and a few prospects. Let's say you've got some prospects that are pretty far along in the in the pipeline stages that you feel confident you could pull. And the question you're really asking them through a series of, of questions is, how do they perceive your company? Uh, because the, the reality is a brand is what the market thinks you are, Uh, you're putting things out there. But if, you know, when we did ours uh, and this made sense because we started out as strictly a speech analytics company, the the market that came all came back and they were like, oh, you guys are the speech analytics. You got the leading speech analytics platform, right? But they were missing that we had, you know, a variety of other other things that we offered as part and that our, our platform had evolved. So you do that external research, gather that data. I would say do the survey part, but also do some focus group, just some individual interviews and then you do some internal, uh, and you're not going to be able to pull everybody. But I would definitely hit most of the other executives. I would hit sales leadership. I would hit demand gen leadership, and probably uh, a few of the customer success people. With that, you can basically boil it all down. And what's what's the fun and interesting part is when you see the difference between what the market thinks and what some of the internal people think, uh, because they've been drinking the Kool Aid for a while, and and It's usually interesting because then you can come back out to that same group at at the first milestone at the end of discovery and say, here's what we found in terms of all this this research. Based on that, we have the following hypotheses that might inform that next stage, which is establishing the foundation. Uh, And I guess what I would say is you have to keep a pretty small team to keep this actionable. You can't drag everybody along every single stage. But if you pick key milestones to bring some of the, the larger group back together to Use those as your opportunities to show them new things, get a little bit of feedback and then be like, I'll be back a couple months and we'll show you where we've gotten to next. Then you'll be able to move it forward. If you try to do a rebrand by committee, it'll never go anywhere.
0: So I've got a lot on my mind based on that. I think the first thing I'd love to know is, do you have any advice tactically about like the synthesizing all of those, uh, all that feedback across all of those sources? Because I think like, I don't know. I enjoy the fun part of like gathering the information. Now the part the part of like trying to piece it all together and make something actionable out of it is is certainly a challenge. But I think it'd be helpful if you could maybe talk about how you did that at Callminer.
1: Sure. I mean, I think you know ultimately, like I was saying, you're you're trying to find out what internally you're trying to find out, you know, how uh what areas of our of our brand you think. Uh, has a gap in terms of where we need to be. Uh, That's the internal part. The external is really finding out what the reality of the perception of us is. Uh, And I think in addition to that, you're doing some additional research that I forgot to mention, which is the competitive research. You essentially do a gap analysis there to say, here's how all of our main competitors are positioning themselves and you find some white space in that. So I think taking the external data to say, hey guys, this is the reality in terms of how the market sees us and then taking what you heard internally and you can almost show the disconnects in that uh, and it's it's a bit eye opening usually for the for the exact team at least but also they're all smart enough to recognize that if there's a gap there then then this is essentially why the rebrand needs to be you know driven
0: that way totally and then just this the stakeholder feedback portion like in the stakeholder management at the beginning you mentioned your CEO and then bringing in other teammates uh, along for the ride like how do you think about i know people get passionate when it comes to the company that they've worked for and having a say in kind of where the company is going from a, a rebrand perspective like as the CMO or as any marketing leader like how do you facilitate kind of like the management of all those stakeholders in that process like or advice on how to do it
1: sure well, first, I think, you know, the the core team that you apply to a rebrand really depends on what, how, where you are in your company's growth. Um, I can speak from, you know, the the this company, you know, a coal miner, we, we're, four, we're like 380 people. So we're not that big. Uh, and for the most part, what I did was I chose my head of PR and communications, um, largely because she also had a, a little bit of an agency background that like like I did in my past. So chose her as like my counterpart for this. And also because the the copy and the communication piece of this in the foundational pieces was so critical. So I had a very small core team in terms of the thing that the ones that we're working with, our agencies and some of our internal uh, counterparts. As far as the external stakeholders, I always start with the CEO or the founder and find out what they need to know. You've got, let's say, a representative from each of the major major functions uh, of the company. You can usually get away with not inviting engineering because, you know, they think this is all boring and fluffy anyway. But for the most part, marketing, sales, customer success, and some of the key executives. So if you're able to bring some of those key players or representative that they assign back together at the end of each sort of stage and key milestones... Then I think you can get you're able to move this project forward without having to drag them along every single tactical step. I think what you would, like I said, that the best proactive move I can advise is anyone who you think is gonna have a very strong opinion about this brand, interview them first. Find out what they what they, what's in their head. Just so you have it, doesn't mean you have to do what they have in their head. That just means you know you have to convince them. Of the right thing you need to do uh, along the way, as opposed to being at the 11th hour and realizing that they had this specific vision in their head and you didn't do a good enough job of, of bridging the gap.
0: I'm curious when you mentioned sales, you mentioned demand gen earlier. I'm curious on when like kind of the external activators, like those roles, like when did they start using the new messaging or the new positioning? Is it Are you waiting until that like the final the final package is tied up and ready to go? Or are you using them as a way to test out what you're doing and seeing if it is something that's sticking or something that you need to iterate on? So it's a
1: it's a it's a good point. In terms of the I'll answer it in two parts. In terms of how you're developing, let's say you're doing a complete rebrand, which includes really fundamentally changing a lot of the core messaging that a sales team is going to be using out in the market if that's the case then that's a really good indicator for that stage of the project you're going to need to do some internal polling back and forth and use them as essentially your guinea pigs that are at least your advisors on whether or not that line is going to work Um, it is literally that simple like it could be you're usually writing these in terms of headlines and short statements and you could pretty quickly get feedback back from the SDs who will tell you like, they'll laugh at you and they'll be like, ah, that's marketing. Yeah, and they'll, they'll let you know that that's too fluffy. That needs to be you know a little bit more direct and it needs to talk about this particular feature, whatever it is. So that's always the thing to do. In terms of how you roll this out, what happens when you get, you get you've, you've done all the visual identity. Now you're you're all done and you're ready to launch this thing. You've applied it. You've, you've built a new website. You basically have a minimum threshold of like the website and some of the key assets that sales is going to need to even use this out in the market. That's your minimum threshold. And now you kind of treat it like a typical go to market process. Like when you've got a new product to bring to market. So you do internal enablement first and you explain to everybody over a series of, of lunch and learns or whatever your process is. What is the new brand? Why is it this way? Why is this messaging, you know, the right messaging? Um, And you explain and you hand them all the tools that they need, uh, whether that be the brand guidelines to marketing, whether that be a messaging guidebook to the sales team, you enable them just like you do when we bring something to market. And then you have a big, I would would not skip this if you're doing a, a rebrand, have a big monumental launch, make it a PR event and, you know, involve your customers and your partners in launching that, but make it a milestone.
0: So we all have those enterprise salespeople where we work who are super successful and who are in the field and they're doing their job and they've always done things a certain way. And it's really hard for us to get those individuals to change. And some of that's okay. And some of it's maybe more challenging, I guess, like, How critical do you think it is for everybody who is customer facing to be, to be using the new stuff and how does the new stuff get managed down? Like I would, I can't imagine like, like the CMO is out there monitoring everything or has the time to monitor everything, but is that a, like relying on sales leadership? Like talk to me a little bit about how, how that gets followed through with.
1: So it's a, it's a great question because brand management post relaunch is is one of the hardest things. First and foremost, when you launch the brand, the the reality of that is you've just launched with the minimum amount of things that you needed to actually launch this brand. The next twelve months is going to be you applying it over all the things that didn't make the the minimum threshold list. So it's like all the rest of the data sheets. All you know, guess what? Your offices still look like the old brand. So you know, now you're working with finance to get that money. Um, So uh, it's just applying it across the entire brand takes a long time. What I would say is as far as like, how do you manage this uh, in a scalable way across a a large organization? One, know that it is impossible to catch every little misstep and it's going to happen, especially during the the first 12 months. I think there's some technology that you can use and, and make sure that the way you're enabling the field and the rest of the company with the the core templates. So make sure that, for instance, a variety of blank PowerPoint templates that are in the new rebrand have made their way into whatever system you're using, whether it's G Suite or if you're a Microsoft shop. Do the things that you know are the origin point for how slides get done and try to get it out there. You're still going to see, just because you know, sales and human behavior, they, they have 50 decks on their desktop and they just keep using the same slides and sharing them back and forth. You're just gonna have to work with them over that 12 months and try to just find those instances. I would say repetition is always great. So, you know, about once a, 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 a month or so, try to get two slides in the company all hands. Uh, and just a reminder, guys, it's all right here, it's all in that folder. Go get it. Beyond that, don't expect on the internal enablement front. You can just do this with one lunch and learn, and the whole company's paying attention. I learned the hard way uh, doing a rebrand that I tried it that way, and it took it was a lot harder in the rollout. Uh, so this next time that I did it, I did it. I did the full company like enablement session, but then I did essentially like a roadshow. And for each individual department or team, globally, we did their own individual version of the rollout, and we made at least one part of it what does this mean for you? So that it really hit home. Uh, so a couple pieces of advice there, uh, and then just know that that it's almost a year and a half since we launched the new call Miner brand. And I still find like, whether it be old swag or, you know, uh, you know, a deck here or there. And I'm just like, I usually make it a joke now and I'll be like, Oh, what is that? You know? And and so they all know me now for, for being like the hunter of old brand stuff.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Um uh maybe like just kind of round in the corner here. I the KPIs and associating KPIs with a brand launch or a brand relaunch, like how how do you measure? How do you know if it's it's working? Like what what sorts of things are you looking at?
1: Sure. So uh there's there's a few things that you you're gonna have to measure over time. So brand is not something that you get immediate feedback on, like digital marketing, like a display ad or paid search or something. So Let's say you're a if you're a much bigger company with a massive budget, you can do a proper brand study, you know, one or two times a year whether you use like Millward Brown or some other research firm and it's a survey-based approach, but it asks everything in terms of like brand recognition all the way down to likelihood to purchase. If you are not a, you know, multi-billion dollar uh, organization like, you know, like mine, then you have to do kind of the scrappy version of that and I use a few different things to tell me over the long term, if we're moving in the right direction. Um, and I would call these leading indicators. Uh, so you keep an eye on a lot of your branded keywords, and you, you make sure you've measured all these things before you launch the brand, and then you you measure it constantly over time. So things like Branded keywords, uh, essentially, you know, Google searches on those branded keywords. Are they going up over time? Branded you know, keywords that are uh, aligned to some of the really important messaging shifts. Are you seeing the way people talk about you and ask questions about you shift to those core like keywords? If you're seeing that, then you know it's resonating with the market. And then a lot of the rest of it goes into social media and a lot of the things that PR will track you know, as far as shared voice and things like that, the only thing I would say with share of voice is definitely you need to look at that over time because share of voice is just by its nature is a pretty volatile thing. So, you know, know that this is not something that you're looking at this every week, like a dashboard. This is something that you're looking at it every quarter and you're seeing like four quarters later, are we seeing some increase in, in these leading indicators? The, the one thing I would also say though is, you will get a lot of immediate reaction when you do that big brand, splashy brand launch. And you're never going to please everybody. You're going to get a few people who will be like, Oh, I hate that color or whatever they're going to come back with. Uh, and some, sometimes that feedback will be useful and you can make some quick tweaks, but see what that response is from your customers, from your partners. Um, I would look there first then, you know, cause especially some of the customers that you've had for quite a long time, They'll be really honest with you and tell you, you know, that they love it. Uh, maybe you've even involved them at some point in the in the process. That's a tricky one, but um, sometimes it's it's worth doing. But that's how I would measure it. If you're not a company big enough to do a proper brand study,
0: so you've talked a lot about a lot of stuff, and it's 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 dense, and I know it, it can be complex. And just I think about the role of the CMO. I think about the hiring i think about working cross functionally with other members of the c suite i think about managing budget managing people there's a lot on the cmo's plate to begin with and then you add in like rebrand so that's I, I like how do you put put it in the list of priorities like you just carve out time and just say this is what i'm going to do and i'm going to like spend less time in certain other areas like uh, talk to me about just like the duration, and I know it probably varies from from you know brand to brand. But just like how do you begin to prioritize something is sure. dense as a, a rebrand?
1: So first and foremost, uh, a CMO's number one responsibility is always going to be to drive new pipeline. If that's not squarely in your mind, you know at least for ab two B SaaS for sure, then you're probably in the wrong job. So you can do something as large as a rebrand, and that becomes your number two priority. and it's it's really, really important, but you still have to deliver pipe uh, while you're doing this rebrand using the old brand. Um, so that's first and foremost. But as far as you know how you prioritize, typically what happens is you know you've this is such a big thing if we're doing a full rebrand that it is something that gets discussed at the CMO CEO level. So it is a company priority. Um, it's not something that you as the CEO, CMO has just decided we're going to do this in you know, Q4. I've seen companies do a full rebrand in six months, and I've seen it uh, take 12 months. Uh, depend, it really depends on, I think, how your organization operates. Uh, and I, I usually think that the, f- the, the biggest factor is how many people do you have to bring along for every single one of those milestones? Uh, is it every single C? Uh, in your organization, if so, twelve months. If it's just you and the CMO, CEO or the main deciders, if you will, you probably get done six. And then the the other piece would be that new website. Is it just a reskin or is it a complete overhaul, rewrite? You know, that takes that's that takes a lot of time if, to do it right.
0: So much good uh, information here. I'm sure everyone out there uh, has learned a thing or two. Uh, maybe just like in closing there's a lot it's it's complex there's a lot of different steps there's a lot to think about in order to go into a rebrand um, what what is like the, the most important piece of feedback that you'd share with anyone listening who is kind of in that mode right now where they know they need to do something and they're just they just need to get started i think
1: one thing uh, i would say and this is this is what i mentioned earlier in terms of like don't start with the visual so start with those fundamentals start with and you can even start this by writing it yourself. And then that's essentially like your hypothesis, but start with a two or three sentence value proposition statement. So what's the new positioning statement? What's the new vision statement? What's the new mission statement? So write up that framework and that's like your starting point. If you start there, what's interesting, you know, you can, you can maybe save that, save that uh, Word doc that you just wrote that on or whatever. And then when you're done with the full rebrand, look back at it and see, how far off you were, or like, you know, you can laugh at it if that's that point, or how close were you? Uh, but I think just get started by using that. And I think that's going to, that's going to be the first best step. You know, don't start the visual too early. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I would actually, once you've got the fundamentals, I would actually do personify your brand. I would go through and think about as you, if your company was a person, what kind of attitude would it have? What kind of personality traits would it have? That actually is going to help you you, nail your brand tone, uh, which then informs the visual identity.
0: Before we let you get out of here, it is a marketing podcast, so I'm going to have you plug something. What's going on at CallMiner? Like, where where do you want to send people? Where should they go to learn more after this? Well,
1: go to go to callminer.com, <laughs> which is which is a brand new, completely overhauled website thanks to our rebrand. And I, I hope it does a great job of explaining in human terms, not, not text and specs, the, what we do and you know uh, why it's important to large enterprise organizations.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much, Eric. I learned a ton. I know everyone out there listening did too. Appreciate the time.
1: Thank you. Good to be on the show.
0: I love that conversation. There were so many notes and nuggets and things that after listening back, I wrote down and I'm going to be stashing that away in a folder for when we inevitably go through that process. It's an evolution. Things change. Audience shifts, product shifts. And I think this conversation was something that we can use as an artifact before we go dive headfirst in a rebranding process ourselves. You take care of yourself, take care of others around you, and we'll be back with more Modern Day Marketer next week.